0: Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Marcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting
1: the <laughs> as can be. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Forever let us hold our banner high,
2: high, high, high. Come along and sing the song
1: and join the jamboree.
0: On this episode of Nostalgia Marcanum, it's the wonderful world of Disney. Uh, this is our first time doing anything directly Disney related, which uh, is kind of surprising for a podcast about nostalgia because, I mean, whose childhood hasn't been touched by the music uh, of the Walt Disney Corporation? Uh, we have sat down tonight to come up with our top ten Disney songs, and uh, in a minute we'll we'll talk about the criterion we use. But first, we got to introduce our guests, uh, both of whom are returning to the podcast. We have the producer with uh, the most educer I don't have a rhyme for that, <laughs> um, but we're uh, very glad she's here as always. My wife, Amy Lee. Hello. And uh, another returning guest. She was on many of our episodes now. She was on uh, uh, Goonies and My So-Called Life and uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Please welcome back to the podcast, Tanya Newton. Woo!
3: Hello! Good evening! Uh,
0: So, as I said in the intro, I think, you know, what what kid didn't grow up with something Disney? Uh, So, I mean, do you guys have any Disney-specific nostalgic memories you want to share before we launch into the song stuff?
3: Well, I would just say that we are all of the same age. We are all grew up with, I think our being nine, 10, 11, in that key 89 to like 93, 94 age where we had these classic movies, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. So we have this, I think we're just in that exact right area to, to I think have just been sucked in and, and that's just so intrinsic in your heart that I think it just, I think it gave us, it, it enabled us to want to give that to our children more. So I think that's definitely, we were in a really sweet spot for being exposed. Mm? Yeah.
4: my, I mean, we we all have so many memories, even together listening to these songs. And, and some of my favorite memories are singing these songs. Um, I remember I had a friend in, eighth grade I think it was it was either seventh or eighth grade who would come over and we would do karaoke to Disney songs and she had a relative who was from another country barely spoke English but would sing she actually knew the songs and the song lyrics so it was just this fun way for us to like connect and sing songs together and it's just a happy memory of, of growing up listening to these songs and just a, a fun time.
0: Yeah, I definitely have strong memories of you know listening to these songs and, and watching the movies as a younger kid. And uh, I've talked about this on the podcast way, way, way back in our second episode. But I, I got bit by the drama bug in 88 when my parents t- t- took me to see uh, Phantom of the Opera. And then in 89, that you get this, like you mentioned, Tanya, this 89 to 95-ish corridor of Disney movies with Alan Menken doing most of the music for all but, I think, The Lion King, and every single one of them was structured like a Broadway musical with, you know, at least like seven memorable songs as opposed to, say, a lot of the earlier Disney movies where there might be one or two. Very few of them had lots and lots of songs, and because of that, the movies were events and the soundtracks were events that got, God, I must have listened to the soundtracks of these things over and over and over again. Um, I I remember just uh, even like some of the later ones, like Hercules. I remember like if, if I could have burned a hole through that CD, I would have. So uh, I'm really excited to get into the, into these. We used um we had fairly limited uh restrictions on this. What we decided to do was the songs would be selected from only the 61 official Walt Disney animated studios films. So when they say like uh, Enchanto was the 60th Walt Disney animated feature. It's that list of you know uh, Snow White all the way up through I guess Strange World would be the most recent one. The only other limitation we put on it is we can't use any licensed music, so you can't pick like the Elvis songs that are in Lilo and Stitch. They have to be original songs to the movie. Um, but beyond that, it was really you everybody could bring whatever they wanted to it in terms of criterion. So, uh, Amy, I'll start with you. What criterion did you use to try and make your list?
4: Well, at first, I struggled with this a little bit because. This is a nostalgia podcast and I was starting to think about the songs and some of the songs are newer that I don't necessarily have nostalgia for but I just absolutely love for whatever reason. So at first I was like, well I can't put those on my list because it's not really nostalgia going back to like my youth but then we talked about it and we said, you know these are your favorite songs. So while some of the songs do capture like that moment in time that you know brings me back, some of the songs are just like really pretty like memorable songs that just hit
0: in a certain way tanya what about you how did you go about making your list
3: so i think that amy hit on something that i didn't intentionally think about but i didn't think about this necessarily being a nostalgia list this was this is my favorite list or sometimes i consider it my favorite sometimes i consider it what i thought were the best and i don't necessarily know if those things completely i don't think it's a, a venn diagram that's just a perfect circle i think there is overlap but not exactly so what i really looked at i think my number one i kept going back to what was a descriptor and my my adjective was vibe i think what was the the song had a good vibe in some way and i think you'll see what i mean when we go through my list a bit um they're not all the same um Vibe, but you'll see where they they all have a a, a cool tempo or, or or I'm a big fan of brass, so you'll see there there's a good amount of like of, of brass instruments in in some of my songs. Um, I also wanted to curate a list that I felt carried a variety of movies and a variety of time periods. So for myself, I actually had to edit my list because I think there may have been one movie that I would have picked two songs from and I felt that because this was a list that required some variety, I had to edit. So I do have a couple of honorable mentions, but that was, that was an element of, I was trying to create variety and um, across time periods and movies. I mean, this was
4: really such a hard assignment. I mean, you're talking, you said 60, 61, Movies to pick from. Now, some of them automatically disregarded. Yeah, exactly right. But
0: Fantasia has no yeah, songs in it, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. out.
4: But so. then you've got movies like Aladdin, for example, that has like an entire soundtrack of really good songs. So it's like it was really, really hard to pull it down to just 10 specific songs. So I would be surprised that we didn't all have some honorable mentions in there and then maybe plus some.
0: Yeah, I think Tanya, my method was fairly close to yours. I, you know, we listen to a lot of Disney songs in this house. You know, we all have young kids. And so part of this was like, well, what are the ones, you know, having heard them a lot, like I'm more willing to listen to again? Like, there's like, so I'll just reveal, you know, let it go is not on my list. Right. Not I'm not nostalgic for it because it came out when I was 33, but also like, I can recognize that it's a great song. I never need to hear it again. I've heard it too many times. Uh, I also tried to make sure, like you did, that I had variety both in composers, so I didn't just, you know, saturate the thing with Mencken songs, and that I tried to be representative of, yeah, different eras. So some of these songs are older, some of them are newer. And and again, just, yeah, ones that just I, I personally really enjoy and think are well-crafted. So that's that's the best I can do to describe how I went about picking these. So... With that, let's let's get right into it. Uh, Amy oh, Sorry, first. can I
3: sorry Doug? I just want to stop one more second. When I made my list a while ago and then was working on rankings, the rankings were hard. Uh, especially sort of the the second two thirds was hard, but my my top was was pretty easy. But I then did some crowd crowdsourcing among people I work with, my assistants, among friends, our mutual friends who were over at my house on Mother's Day. Most everybody did not like my list. It was really interesting who just the – I'm I'm excited to see how this is going to go because I, uh, right before we got started, I was like, I think there will be some overlap. I think there will also be – I think it's going to be 50% overlap and 50% wildly divergent. Um, so I will sh- – uh, well, I'll do, I'll do this at the end, but I, I want to thank – uh, Lupe and Allie in particular, my assistants, because they were, it was fun to talk to them about the list. And uh, you're not getting an award for
4: this. No,
3: but it was fun to talk to them and curate this list and and have some criticism about my list versus other people's because this is totally subjective.
0: I'm also very curious to see you know what we've all come up with because I think it's going to be I think it could be pre- pretty divergent and also to hear what you know the, our listeners think of of it.
4: And I yeah. also just want to give a disclaimer that like I, I did this list. A couple of hours ago, but regardless of that, like, so I was in a rush a little bit. Um, But I also think that, like, if you'd asked me this question in, like, a week or a month, my list might change. Totally. Like, I wouldn't say that this is, like, my definitive top 10 list in this exact order because it's just such a, like, mood and how you're feeling in that day. And I love my list, and it's a good list, but it's not, like, the be-all, end-all of Amy Disney list. Sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, with that, let's hear your number 10 pick, Amy. What is oh, it? Oh, we're going
4: to me first? Sure. All right. So this is a fun song. Um, I expected this um, this movie to be a little bit higher on my list, but it just didn't pull the same way that the others did. But it's a really fun song. It's got a good um, vibe, as Tanya would say. Um, and it's I Just Can't Wait to Be King from The Lion
1: King. Oh, fun. i to be young. seen a king of beasts with quite so little
2: hair. I'm gonna be the main event, like no king was before. I'm pushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my roar. Oh,
1: that's far, rather an inspiring Oh, I just can't wait to be king. You've a long way to
0: go, young master. If you got, you're right about the vibe because that song is kind of all about the percussion. And the, that, that one really brings out a lot of the African instrumentation and like vocalization that's mm-hmm. in that song. It reminds me of like Paul Simon's Graceland album, okay. which is like full of like, yeah, African kind of influence. Like hearing all that kind of like, like those kind of things in it, the drums, all that stuff. It just felt like, yeah, I'm on the Savannah and everyone's having a party.
4: I think I like a lot about like the back and forth parts of it, like the different singers. Of going back and forth and just yeah the, the cute little kid voices it's just a fun happy song
3: so I think yeah. a, a lot of these songs which I, I think I'll I'm sure I'll, I'll repeat this is that I think the visual what you when you're listening to the song it's so it's almost impossible to not think of that scene in the movie sure. and and it is it is it is fun it is action-packed it's you know it's
0: it's wildly colorful, too. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of fun. I it, It's like Under the Sea. It, it's kind of right. it got the same exact, like, that's the 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 placeholder right there. It's a lot of fun. I, great pick.
0: Yeah. All right, Tanya, your number 10.
3: So my number 10, uh, I think, is interesting. It's very short, uh, and it comes from 1961's 101 Dalmatians' Cruella de Vil.
1: Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will.
3: Oh, to Roger. see
1: her is to take a sudden chill. Oh. Cruella, Cruella, she's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, Look she'll out hear for you. Cruella De
3: This has a vibe. It's not very long. I I listened to every single song on my list. I believe at least twice today in the car. Uh, the clip in the movie is is not very long. Uh, it's cut up mostly with a lot of dialogue from the movie. And what's Pongo's owner's name? I don't remember, but he's singing it in the background. It's a lot Roger. of fun. Roger, thank you. So I look at the lyrics right here, and it seems a lot longer than it was in the movie. But it's just, it's fun. You know, I think a villain song, whether it's from the point of view of the villain or describing a villain, they you you just get to have a little more fun. Yeah, it's kind of
4: slinky is like the first word that I thought of to describe that song.
0: That's the exact same word I thought of. It is a very, yeah, it's a very slinky (laughs) song. And as you said, like the villain songs are kind of their own subcategory. And this one, I think, is probably the template for all of the later ones. I can't even think of too many like villain specific songs from the earlier films. And yeah, it's it's perfect. Like it literally just describes like what a rotten person she is. That's the whole point of the song.
3: Yeah. The lyric at the end is this vampire bat, this inhuman beast. She ought to be locked up and never released. The world was such a wholesome place until Cruella, Cruella DeVille. It's just so fun.
0: Yeah. We've gotten two live action movies out of that character and the, the prequel with Emma Stone. So like, it tells you like there's something about that character and that song that just like, she, she's a special one. In fact, on our old podcast, uh, a podcast but evil, we did an episode just on Corella Deville because we thought, like, as a Disney villain, like who's the most representative Disney villain, and she's way up near the top. So I'll go to my number ten pick, which is also a villain song, but a more unconventional one. Uh, but it's one I really love because it's from one of my favorite Disney uh, things, and it just it's inextricably linked for me with Halloween, and that is uh, from uh, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. The Headless Horseman. But when he goes a jogging across the land, holding a noggin in his hand,
1: demons take one look and groan in the hip. Road from part Beware, take care, he rides alone. There's no spook like spook could spurn. They don't like him and he's really burned. He swears oh. to the longest day he's dead. He'll show them that them he can get ahead.
0: Okay. Yeah, an older one for sure. <laughs>
4: I'm trying to remember what it is. Can you sing a couple bars for
0: us? (laughs) Uh, When the spooks have a midnight jamboree. Yeah, and so you get like Bing Crosby's inimitable voice. And he sings that entire movie, basically. It's him narrating and singing the whole thing. Uh, And he's a villain unto himself. But regardless, yeah, that song, like the the way it's animated too, where like that's the point in the movie where everything shifts from like Hey, what a nice cute story to like oh it's halloween time and things are about to go down it's i just remember seeing that clip as a kid a bunch of times because they put it in like you know it's like disney's halloween special or whatever it's on disney that, plus
3: in a halloween section and it's yeah. coupled with um oh i just
0: Promise. lost it's the night on bald mountain Toad. From... it's
3: with mr toad It's coupled with those two together
0: Yeah, that was how it was released back in the '40s. It was called a package film. Those, so it's Mister Toad and then uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's one movie, so that's that's my pick for number ten.
3: I showed it to my kids and they got scared, but that was maybe a couple years ago.
0: I want to try. uh, Yeah, my kids love it. I love that thing so much. It's so well done. I I could and yet another one we did on the old podcast. We did the Headless Horseman as a uh, as a topic. So go listen to those. They're great episodes. All right, uh, Amy, your number nine.
4: All right, my number nine. This is a song that I thought was gonna be on Tanya's list, but we talked about this just this song, and you were like, What the no. <laughs> it's Belle from Beauty and, Beauty and, and the, the beast. beast, yeah. There
1: goes the baker with his tray Like always The same old bread and rolls to sell Every morning just the same Don't Since the morning bad. that we came To this poor provincial town Good morning, Belle! Good morning, monsieur! Where are you off to? The bookshop? I just finished the most wonderful story About a beanstalk and an ogre. Oh, and That's a- nice! Marie! The baguettes! Hurry up! look there
2: she goes the girl is strange no question
4: it's just a fun like introductory song and it's sweet and it has a really pretty melody um so yeah
3: (laughs) Ooh, isn't this amazing like i love that melody it's so pretty it's also fun with the villagers coming in and just like you were sort of saying in your other song in um uh just can't wait to be king you get you get different people coming in and say uh i need more eggs and it is, it's, a, it's fun. That's a, that's a great intro song.
0: You can tell this is written by Broadway veterans. Like it, it, the whole thing plays out. You can just picture that being done on stage. And of course, eventually it was, but it is, um, it, it's a great introductory song. And it is, that's another one. They really put a stamp on like, this is the song where all the villagers come out and say hello. Like they, they did a pretty good parody of this in the South Park movie. And it's the exact same thing. The characters get up in the morning. They're, you know, greeting everybody in their town. It is a, a like, this is a type of song that th- I think this is the best version of that kind of a song. All right, Tanya, you're number nine.
3: So my number nine, this is probably my most, quote, classic movie, Disney movie song. Um, I think it's silly. Also super duper short. Uh, but it's. I think it's. It's just a lot of fun. Bippity boppity boo, Cinderella, nineteen fifty. Salagadoola, mentcha a bippity boppity boo. Put them
1: together, and what have you got? Bippity boppity boo. Salagadoola, mentcha a bippity boppity boo. It'll do magic, believe it or not. Bippity boppity boo. Now Salagadoola
3: means
1: a mentcha There
3: are literally three real words in the song it's so funny i was i'm looking at the lyrics it's all it's all nonsense
0: put them together and see what you got i think that's the only english in it right
3: but the thingamabob that does the job is bippity boppity boo i think it's funny i think it's so funny
0: it's a very short song it's like 90 seconds or something but like absolutely iconic memorable moment from that movie like you forget, like, that. you think the fairy godmother is this huge character, and she's barely in the movie. This It's this short sequence that's just burned into everyone's brain that's ever seen it, because it's just so well done. Amy, any thoughts on Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo?
4: I, I have to say, I apologize. I don't really have a connection to that song. <laughs> there are definitely some of these, like, classic Disney movies that, like, were not really a part of, like, our movie-watching experience like it was for other kids. So I... I mean, I might have seen that movie, but I just, yeah, it doesn't resonate.
0: I think the thing that I remember from Cinderella is more of the, the mice. I think their part of the story was what I connected with as a kid. Yeah, so. I
4: remember it being like the book, and this isn't related to music at all, but like I remember the book being able to like sound out the words and it was like one of the first books that I remember reading. Oh, cute. And being like, I can't believe I'm reading this. And especially like the mice, one of the mice pages, like that triggered that memory
0: for me. All right. Uh, so my number nine is also from a a classic Disney princess movie because I wanted to pick something from from that era Uh, and I went with Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty
2: okay I know you I walked with you once upon a dream I Seldom or they see. What if I know you? I know what you'll do. You love me at once the way you did once upon a dream.
0: This is a little bit of a cheat because it's not entirely original. It's partly based on Tchaikovsky's work. But it's just it's just a beautiful waltz in what I think is probably the the pinnacle of the early era of Disney in terms of just the quality of animation. Like if you can if you can go watch it on Disney Plus, like watch it on the biggest four K screen you can find because it's glorious to look at. It's just an incredible movie in that world, just visually.
3: I love this song. Okay. I think it's a great song. Sleeping Beauty is in my top two Disney movies with Little Mermaid. Like in terms of the of like the animated movies, I think it's a fun song. It's got. Um, I'll talk about it later, but I, I enjoy right. it a lot. I thought it was a good pick. Okay.
0: Aim. Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I like,
4: like I said, like this is another one of those movies <laughs> that just I I don't have a connection to.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, prick your finger on a spinning wheel there and see what you got for number eight.
4: <laughs> I should know that reference, but I don't. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this one's obnoxious. I recognize that, but um it's from Frozen 2. It's my only frozen song that made it to my list. Um it's Show Yourself. I never felt so certain. Oh my that this scene and the emotions drawn on Elsa's face in this scene are the best drawn like emotion scenes of any Disney movie I've ever seen like the way that they're able to capture like her eyes crying at that like the end of the song it's just like the most beautiful and then like you've got at the beginning of the song the horse is like Going across, like, so, yeah, anytime I hear the song, I, like, it conjures up these images, these really beautiful images from the movie. And I also just, I really enjoy the melody of the song and, like, just her, like, finding her true self and, like, that journey that she's been on. Um Yeah, it's just, I think it's a really special song. And you are
0: a sucker for Adela Dazim,
4: <laughs> Right, right.
3: <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with her voice. You're right. I have zero memory of what this song is is that the one (laughs) where she goes super high again is it like the let it go of frozen 2
0: no the other that's uh, into the unknown
3: that's okay that's what i was thinking it was okay no it's she's like every inch of me is trembling it's like the horse like she gets to like this is towards
0: the end of the movie yeah is this when she's
3: like on the horse in the ocean going to the like frozen fjord or whatever
0: Yes. yes okay all right, that's okay that's fine Does yeah. everybody's list is different there's nothing wrong with that song it is a well written song to be sure
4: yeah and I also watched the Disney special of like the behind the scenes of like making the the music I think you watched some of this with me yeah and like how the song almost didn't even make it into the movie and then they had this like they connected it to like one of the earlier songs in the movie um, so it's just like this really neat story of how the song came to be and I just I really appreciate those like behind the scenes snippets
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Tanya, you're number eight.
3: Number eight. Okay. This is what I would call a vibe song. Uh, This is from also very short. This is the last of my sort of short-ish songs. 1973's Robin Hood. This is Oodal Lally.
1: Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Never ever thinking there was danger in the water they were drinking, they just guzzled it down. Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse were watching them and gathering around.
3: Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. It's just like, oh, it's just yeah. super That's cute and short. Um, not a whole lot to it. Uh, but I think I think it's a lot of
0: fun, and it does that thing that like they somehow marry up. It's Roger Miller who's a, a country artist, just on his acoustic guitar, uh, and they and they marry this very American country sound with this very British animal setting. And Robin Hood's kind of a secret hidden gem. I love that movie. I loved it a bunch as a kid, and yeah, that song, yeah, I, I like that one a bunch. Um, there's there's some really good songs in Robin Hood. None of them made my list, but I do. I do like them. the uh, The one with the phony King of England is great. Yeah, uh, in the middle of the, of it, so yeah, great pick.
3: It's a cute song. <laughs>
0: yeah, it always puts me in a good mood whenever I hear it.
3: It's just like a buddy song. It's like it's like the beginning of a buddy comedy.
0: Yeah, they, they, I mean, that's exactly what it is for them. They they are very much like a, a two hander sort of because most of the mischief in that movie is Robin and Little John, and the rest of them are kind of around, but they're they're, they're the driving force of the the plot.
4: Is this the song that's like? No,
0: that's called whistle stop. Okay. That has no lyrics. It's just literally just.
3: Isn't that in Tarzan? No,
0: it's. No, it's the thing at the beginning of the it's movie Robin where Hood, the isn't yeah, it? that's Robin Hood.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I know cool what you're talking about. about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all. Um,
0: it's just whistling.
3: It's right. It's just a lot of fun. And, and is this the one? No. Okay, that's something later. I know what you're yes. talking about.
0: All right, uh, so my number eight is uh, I, uh, one more villain song, uh, and this one is I, well, technically it's a hero and a villain song because this is it's it's sort of two songs, but that's how it comes on the soundtrack. It's one track that it's you know basically two halves of a whole song, and that is Heaven's Light slash Hellfire from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which uh, the the Quasimodo part of him singing is just this very just tender, beautiful moment. And it's just this like soaring, like pretty melody that ends with the, the bells, you know clanging out the, the main theme of the movie. But suddenly an angel has smiled
1: at me and kissed my cheek without a trace of fright. I dare to dream that she might even care for me. And as I ring these bells to my cold, dark tower seems so light. I swear it must
2: be heaven's
0: light. And then we go into the darker, like most one of the most evil things they've ever put on screen. Uh, as Frollo sings about how basically he's going to have this woman for his own or she'll burn.
1: Like fire, fire, This fire in my skin This burning desire Is turning me to sin It's not my fault I'm not to blame it is the gypsy girl, the witch who set this flame. It's not my fault. If in God's plan, He made the devil so much
0: stronger than a man. And uh, it's it's like it's the kind of like dark visual imagery that you would associate with like the night on Bald Mountain sequence from Fantasia. Like it's really cool when Disney goes kind of dark and like metal. There's all these like hooded, robed figures that are like demonic and stuff as he sings it. Um, But it's Tony J's voice for me on the villain side uh, because he's just got that perfect, like, super low voice that's, like, the the best syrupy evil villain voice possible. So, uh, yeah, that's my number eight.
4: Cool. I just find it so interesting that, like, we haven't had any overlap yet. (laughs) No. And, like, so much, like, we have just a very diverse selection of songs.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, am I up? Or- no, uh, yeah, unless Tanya has something she wants to say about uh, Heaven's Light, Hellfire. I saw
3: this movie once and hated it.
0: You're crazy. That's my favorite Disney movie of all time. By <laughs> far. It's so good.
3: Is it because it's the
4: the book that it's based on? Or it's like the, actually the Disney movie? I didn't like no, the I movie. Love,
0: I love the movie. I, I do love the Charles Lawton movie. I, like, I watched that a lot as a kid, the black and white one, which is a great version of it. Obviously, it's... The book is the most depressing thing I've ever read. The movie is less depressing than the book, but not by much. Uh, and then, of course, the Disney one, they can't do that. They have to do their own thing with it. But, God, the quality of the, the animation in it, the it has, I think, the best some of the best songs that Alan Mickin ever did. It's just glorious. And, uh, yeah, my, my favorite Disney movie, In a Walk. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, Amy, Your are up to number seven. My number seven?
4: Okay, so this is a more recent movie again. um, It's I See the Light from Tangled. Now I'm here,
2: blinking in the starlight. Now I'm here, suddenly...
4: said that like you can't hear these songs without seeing the visuals is such a good point because when I hear the song I think of the pretty lanterns and them being out on like the lake and I just think it's it's just a really pretty pretty song and it features my boyfriend Zachary Levi Mm -hmm. so yeah.
3: This is not surprising that you would put this you've been singing this song forever. I'll admit I only just saw Tangled in the last two years but I've been singing this song I mean, even before we had kids, Amy, we have been singing Disney songs for <laughs> infinity. And this is one of those songs. And the visual, I think, makes the song even so much better. I think, I think it's a lovely song. I listen to it on Pandora all the time. But the visual makes it it just takes it up a whole other level
0: this one for me like so Alan Mencken had not been doing Disney songs. I think the last one he worked on might have been Hercules before this so it had been a while before they brought him back and it was it, there was that feeling of like oh, he still got it <laughs> um so yeah it is a it's a very well written song and yeah like you said it, it that, that is probably the best visual in the movie that, mo- that movie has a lot of really good Kind of visual moments and shots and stuff in yeah. it. I think uh, but that movie
4: has yeah. like so like a lot of really really good songs, and that was the one that rose to the top for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an easy choice. All right, uh, Tanya, your number seven.
3: So I, I guess my number seven is also an Alan Menken song. This is from 1995's *Pocahontas: Colors of the Wind*.
2: Wonder what there were. The rainstorm and the river are my brothers. The heron and the author are my friends.
3: it is and i think this might have been my first cd i actually owned and so just the amount of repeat that this whole uh album got this one was just this is a lovely song it's just beautiful i think that the imagery is lovely lines like the rainstorm and the river are my brothers and the heron and the otter are my friends are it's just lovely it's just and, and her voice is beautiful and again, it goes to the visual, this whole, you know, she's she's teaching John Smith about how to appreciate this land, um, and how it's living and it's not just a thing to claim. It's I'm not a big fan of Wally. I think it hits you over the head, and I'm I know I'm in the minority. I think it's one of the that's a movie that everyone loves. This is a, a way of teaching kids and teaching people, I think, about Specifically, this is a conservation type of of message in a way that Wally just bangs you over the head, and I, I find it to be obnoxious. But this is to me, this is something where it's it's subtly teaching you, uh, and it's not. It doesn't dumb it down. I don't know. I really I love it. I think it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I've never seen Pocahontas all the way through. I don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a good movie. And it's certainly gotten more problematic with age between having Mel Gibson as a star and sort of this, let's say, problematic depiction of Native Americans and their rewriting of history. There's a lot of issues with the movie. However, the song as a standalone piece is impeccable. No doubt about it. And the visuals that go with it are, again, like masterclass animation.
4: Yeah, this is a great song. It's a great pick. Um, I struggled with putting this on my list versus the other song from this movie. Um, I, too, I think this was also my first CD, so maybe this was, like, something we did together, buying that as a CD. Um, I remember um, listening to, like, four songs from the CD, (laughs) like, the only ones that had lyrics, and then the rest went into, like, the instrumentals and not listening to that at all. Um, But, yeah, this is, like, a very, very pretty song.
0: So my number seven pick kind of is a very obvious choice but uh, I just it's so well written it's such a perfect part of this movie Uh and it's like I, I, it's hard to imagine you know how this song didn't exist before this movie and that it's just, I feel like the melody is just right out there like it, it's like how could this sequence of notes not have already been captured by somebody uh, but that is Beauty and the Beast okay hold hey,
1: older Tune as old as song sweet and strange Finding you can change Learning you were wrong Certain as the sun Rising in the east Tale as old as time Song as old as rhyme and
4: the beast is there a version that you isn't
0: there oh versions? I well there's the movie version and then there's the credits version with uh Celine Dion's right. debut right. and <laughs> who's, who's she paired with Peebo Bryson yeah.
4: yeah I'm trying to remember like who's oh it must have been um Angela Lansbury yeah
0: right yeah okay. for I' I'm, I'm of course referring to the Lansbury version because Angela Lansbury is a national treasure yeah yeah yeah
4: British
3: isn't
0: she?n't she? She seems British, but I think she's actually not. Um, What's
3: she I am now I am now having to check I am maybe well,
0: she feels like she has an accent, but she's just very a very proper lady. but I mean, she could be British, I don't know, but my my point is just to get back to the song, like it's almost like what more do I have to say about this song? it's it's you know, it's perfect. You no know?
4: it's a good choice. yeah, it's, she's English okay okay. It's a go. it's a great song. It's a great tale as old as time exactly so there you go <laughs>
0: yeah all right uh amy your are number six
4: okay my number six um is from a, a great album <clears throat> this was the the song that i just chose to represent the album but there's so many good songs on it um whole new world
2: To turn i mean that's
4: it's I, I don't even know if i have to
0: speak to it it's just
4: such a wonderful melody i think um yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I had the same thought about that song as I did about the last one, which is like, how did this melody not already get taken already? It's... I thought
4: you were going to say that song, actually, when you were talking about Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, it's that it's that feeling like, I, I think I mentioned this on the Beatles podcast, Like, but when you hear a song that's like that, the melody is that mathematically perfect, it feels like this song was discovered rather than written. Like, of course, right. it just had to be out there yeah. until somebody found it.
3: Uh, so I'm gonna uh, yeah. I'm gonna say something. I don't know if this is an appropriate time to say this or not, but I, I think this might just be a spoiler. I have nothing from Aladdin
0: on my top ten. Okay. I was surprised. Yeah, I I, uh, I have nothing either. I love that movie, and I don't have any songs from it on this list, which I, feels crazy to me. I
4: couldn't believe that it wasn't higher on
3: my list, but
4: like it just shook out that it just didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: This was I'll shout out to Janice, who was appalled I had nothing on my uh, nothing from Aladdin on my list. On my top 10.
4: Yeah. I will say, I mean, I feel like your songs are a little bit, like, unconventional for this list. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's see. Let's see what you got for number six, Tanya. Uh,
3: This one would be a classic. And this is, again, I'll go villain. I think it's operatic. It is uh, the visuals uh, intrinsic to the movie. This is 1994's Lion King. Be prepared.
1: So prepare for the chance of a lifetime. Be prepared for sensational news. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. And where do we feature? Just listen to teacher. I know it sounds sordid, but you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues and injustice deliciously swear.
0: Sure. It's a, it's a, the visuals on that are great. You got the, you know, Triumph of the Will Nazi stuff in there, which is cool. <laughs> Jeremy
3: Irons' voice is just, it's an opera.
0: And for a guy who's not really singing much, you know, he's sort of talks things through it. And in fact, he's not the only voice uh, of Scar. The, the fun fact about this is after he goes, you won't get a sniff without me, uh, he blew out his voice doing that. And so the rest of the song is sung by Jim Cummings, who's a veteran voice actor. He's the modern voice of Winnie the Pooh. He's Darkwing Duck. He's a number of voices. So if you listen to it carefully, you go like, oh, yeah, it's a different guy for the rest of the song. So now that I've told you that, you'll hear it. That's that's um, a fun tidbit.
4: I might offend you both, but this is the song that I fast forward through. Like, I I do not like it. I don't find it like interest. Like I don't like the melody. Like, it just doesn't really do anything for me although i mean it does add to like i understand like thematically it's important but that's okay yeah
0: that's that's the fun of doing this right we're going to get different results so okay um my number six is uh from tarzan and that is son of man Yep, Phil Collins. No, absolutely not, Tanya. She's giving me the thumbs down. You're insane.
4: I mean, I my, my, I kind of think all the songs from that movie are kind of thumbs down. Oh,
0: no, no. They're great. They I my favorite uh, so, The songs so, are like, extra garbage. You're no, Son of Man rocks. And the reason it that like my favorite tweet about it was <laughs> uh someone put something like, you know, Phil Collins didn't have to go so hard on the soundtrack or something, but he did it for you. It was <laughs> something crazy like that. It was very funny. To me, but yeah, no, the the percussion of this, and it's a great moment in the movie where he's, you know, kind of discovering, like, who he is, and, like, you get to that, like, that super kinetic, like, visuals of him swinging through the jungle and stuff, which are kind of one of the more compelling parts of that movie. Uh, I just think that it's just a, the song's just got a a driving percussion section to it, which you would expect since Phil Collins is a drummer, Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's my pick, Son of Man. It's awesome. All right, Amy, you are number five.
4: <laughs> All right, let's get to the emotional part
0: of the list. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, this is the part where we start crying. This is the
4: part where we start crying. Yay! And you're never going to guess the song. Um, <laughs> so, this is from uh, Moana. It's not even a conventional, mo- like the top Moana song. It's the I Am Moana song.
2: And the is <laughs>
0: With a grandmother, yeah. The, the
4: song when she's talking about... Oh, let me let read out, and this is while I'll start crying. You can cut this out later. She says, The call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide, always falling and rising. I will carry you here in my heart. You'll remind me that come what may, I know the way.
0: <laughs> I'm not cutting that out.
4: <laughs> cut that. Absolutely not. But it's just... She... She... You know, she finds the strength within herself, but she also, like... She called, like, she recognizes that, like, the grandmother is, like, part of her. And every time I hear it, I think of my mom. <laughs> so I just think it's so beautiful. And her voice is just, like,
0: you know, better. Auli Cravalho? Yeah. I'm going to pronounce Like, it she that carries
4: long. that entire movie. Um, She basically sings the entire, I mean.
0: Just, yeah, for, like, a 15-year-old Anjanin. Yeah. Yeah, so i
4: I love that song. I love it. Um. Every time it comes on my Disney Pandora, I listen to it. And it's just, it's wonderful. Uh,
0: Johnny, any thoughts I on that? I think
3: it's I a beautiful am. song. It's a beautiful scene. That's when she goes out on the boat. The grandma dies and, like, the stingray thing, like, kind of.
0: No, th- this is at the end where, where she, you know, where she's, you know, she, Maui is gone. She, she, this is the oh, all hope okay. is lost right, right, moment. Right, right. Okay, right. And then the ghost of the grandma comes back to tell her, like, no, you know, get to it. You're a hero. That That part.
3: I think that movie is so beautiful in general. I think the songs are gorgeous. You make my heart feel full, Amy, for the emotion that you've shared with this it's I, I think it was lovely and I think it's i I like all of the songs and I just um I think the parts the the grandmother invoking the grandmother throughout is she's clearly her guiding light, but it's because the grandmother has made sure she's like instilled strength within her. Mm-hmm. and it you're you're it's it's lovely
0: yeah i I have my issues with the plotting of that movie, but that element is like a really strong core of of the parts of that movie that do work for me, like I think that whole through line is excellent, so yeah, all right, uh, tanya, you're number five
3: so let me just com- completely shake out the emotion from here. <laughs> this is a song totally unexpected um This comes from 1970's The Aristocats. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat.
1: Let's take it to another key. Modulate and wait for me. I'll take a few and live and pretty soon. The other cats will all commence congregating on the fence beneath the alleys
3: faces saying a whole lot this is just a fun vibe song again goes to there's some horn in there some good brass it's just fun i'm a cat person uh, sammy was singing it in the car today my three-year-old just it's just it's just a load of fun the kitties are dancing in this in the movie um it, it it's it's just it's just it's just a good time it's definitely has that feel of like being in like a jazz hall and feeling cool. It's just a good, it's just a good time.
0: I've only seen the movie once, so I have no strong attachment to it, but I've seen the clip of the song and yeah, that song is great. Like it's just a really fun jazz number. Yeah. Um, that like stands kind of by itself, whether you like the movie or not, like, yeah, that's just, it's a lot of fun. And Amy has no I idea what you're talking about.
4: no awareness of this song barely like acknowledge that this movie exists <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for, for you. you
3: you listen to I, enough Pandora
4: it, it'll pop up I bet if you sang it for me I w- I'm sure I would recognize
0: it I'm sorry I just don't have any commentary on it it's fine we'll put in the clip here and, and uh, everyone <laughs> will hear it and they'll go oh yeah that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> well my number five is uh is I'm sure you know this one because who doesn't but it's uh, the circle of life <laughs> I wanted to pick something from The Lion King. This is probably my, I think the one that holds up the best out of all the Lion King songs for me, and I feel like it's so strong that the, tra- especially with the the animation that goes with it. The trailer for the movie was not like here's a bunch of clips from the movie. The trailer was here's just that sequence, mm-hmm. you know, from the sun coming up to you know Sima being held up and that mm-hmm. thud. Yeah. At the end, and they showed liking So, like, they knew they had gold on their hands when it was like, yeah, we'll just make that the trailer. <laughs> just this incredible song. And, God, between the, like, that kind of soaring, like, African stuff at the beginning, and then the way kind of that alto voice, uh, I forget the singer's name, but she comes in and, and does the whole song. I almost wish the rest of the movie felt a little more akin to what's in that song. I mean, I still like The Lion King, don't get don't get me wrong, but I just I love this sequence. It's probably my favorite part of the entire movie.
4: It's a great song. it did it win the the Oscar? I'm curious now. I want us to like look at the, the songs that did from Disney movies, because I'm curious. Uh
0: there was definitely a winner from the Lion King. I don't remember if it was this or Can You Feel the oh, Love Tonight? Maybe
4: it was that. Okay. I yeah. don't think it was the others. Both great songs. Yeah. It's a lovely opening to a movie.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh aim.
3: Oh,
4: oh, well, Tanya. Tanya. I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I just went to Disneyland on Monday. We actually watched the stage Lion King. It was like a 25 minute summary, and Janice and I were joking, like, "Oh wow, they did a pretty good job of kind of summarizing this movie." But I felt like this was the sequence where they actually spent a bit of time on it. It is. It's just iconic.
0: They can't really shortcut it. It's you know, it's not that long to begin with, but it's it sets the stage for everything in the movie. It's mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. All right, uh, Amy, you're number four. Okay. Is this another one that will make you cry?
4: No. Oh, okay. no. It, uh, no more. Uh, well, maybe we'll get one more cry. Um, this is my villain song by the incredible Pat Carroll. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, Queen.
4: <laughs> um, who might be awful in real life. <laughs> well, I, don't I think know. she's dead right now. <laughs> but, but right yeah. now? Right. Yes, yeah, she, she is coming back. Um, yeah, Poor Unfortunate
1: Souls. You'll have your looks, your pretty face, and don't underestimate the importance of the body language. Ha! The men up there don't like a lot of blabber. They think a girl who gossips is a bore. Yes, on land it's much preferred for ladies not to say a word, and after all, dear, what is idle prattle for? Come on, they're not all men impressed with conversation. True gentlemen avoid it when they can. But they don't swim and fawn on a lady who's withdrawn. It's she who holds her tongue who gets a man. Come on, you poor unfortunate soul. Go ahead. Make your choice. I'm a very busy woman, and I haven't got all day. It won't cost much. Just your voice. Your poor, unfortunate soul. It's sad. Want to cross a bridge, my sweet, you've got to pay the toll. Take a gulp and take a breath and go ahead and sign the scroll. Got some jets and now I've got her, boys. The boss is on a roll. This poor unfortunate
4: soul. I mean, this to me is the ultimate villain song. Um, She's got that like rough in her voice and um, yeah. I, I
0: just I almost picked this the manipulation, one
4: manipulation yeah. like it's just it's so good
0: oh yeah the like it, it's such a showstopper and you know the character visually is based on Divine this famous drag queen performer um and you can kind of that really comes through in like the way she kind of moves around that cave and you know, uses her tentacles like it feels like um almost like a burlesque Show minus the titillation, right? It's like it's real, just almost grimy, like like something like out of Chicago. It's so cool,
3: exactly. This is this was forced into my honorable mentions because going back to my for my own self editing, I did not pick multiple songs from the same movie, and I had a very hard time picking between "Be Prepared" and this song in terms of villain songs because it's just. It's impeccable. It is also another. It is it is a movie unto itself from the beginning to the end, and and you know just even at the end and the spell and she just you know okay. she's she's the Doug used the word manipulation. It, it perfect word for this and just how she's using it. Oh, Amy used it. Sorry. It is it is a perfect song and Pat Carroll. This voice is just. She it's just so choose this. The lyrics, every part of it, I was I was just having so much fun watching it when I was waiting for my hearing to start. I was having so yeah. much fun. To- uh, the Like, the vo- like the words
4: that she chooses to, like, emphasize and, like... Uh, I can't even think of an example of that. I wish I had the lyrics in front of me right now.
0: Yeah. The, 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 the way her, the, her vocal performance on this is absolute, like, theatrical masterclass. 100%. And you can tell... Exactly. She put in the preparation to go, like, I need to, you know, here's what I need to do with my voice and my intonation at every, like, beat of this song. So it's, it's like, feels like a finely tuned machine Mm -hmm. of a performance. And how did she get such a smoky voice underwater? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Like, it it is, I, it probably is, I don't have it on my list, but it, I I hard, I, I can't think of a better Disney villain song. Like, it's the ultimate one for me. Uh, even though I did not pick it, it is it is awesome. Uh, all right, so my number four. Oh no, I'm sorry, we skipped you, Tanya. You're you number four. Uh,
3: so my number four. I feel like it might be a little bit problematic, but I'll tell you why I think I, I still think it 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 holds up. This is 1998's Mulan. I'll make a man out of you. you
1: must
3: I think it's a lot of fun i love mulan um and i think this is intrinsically linked with the visual and with what this what this movie is which is he is like i have to make a man interview this is where and i've got the lyrics here you know this is what a man is you must be swift as the coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon and uh, behind it it's always be a man be a man and yet the person who and it's 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 a classic training montage this whole song is when the the um, general or colonel—I don't remember—the the the hot, you know, the hot guy that Mulan,
0: B.D. Wong. Uh,
3: okay, is that who that is?
0: That's who the actor is. It's B.D. Wong. Oh. Actually, well, technically, uh, the the singing voice is Donny Os- is Donny Osmond. Yes, singing the song.
3: Yes, uh, but but the first of the recruits to actually start to excel is Mulan. So it it's you know it it goes into hammering. This is what a man is, but it's the woman who is excelling, who is helping to motivate her fellow teammates, her fellow whatever you want to call them part of their their force. Um, and I think it's it's so fantastic and there are elements of vulnerability amongst her uh, teammates is all I can think of to call them. and and she is she is the one who 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 succeeds, who excels. And I don't know, there's just something in at the end is like, I always in the car when I hear this, and I'm always like, mysterious as the dark side of the moon. And I always do this like weird dance thing to it. I mean, people must think I'm insane when they see like drive past me. And I like do this like punching thing.
4: I'm also worried that they're like, they're concerned that your hands are not on the wheel. I wish people, the listeners could see you doing like your arms there.
3: But I just, I, I love it. I love Mulan in general.
0: It's a, it's a great song from that movie. I really like the reprise of it, actually, at the end, where it's like all about, you know, the song is still singing Be a Man, but she's actually getting her her buddies to dress up as women to infiltrate the castle while it's going. So it, it kind of finishes the thought of that song in, in the reprise. But yeah, it's a great pick. I can't argue with that at all. All right, so my number four, I could not help myself. I had to go back to this movie twice because it is my favorite. And so I picked The Bells of Notre Dame. Now,
1: here is a riddle to guess if you can sing The Bells of Notre Dame. Who is the monster and who is the
2: man? Sing The Bells, Bells.
0: It is, it's kind of the, like, slightly more menacing version of Belle. Like, it's this introductory song that we're taking us into the movie, and the song has to do so much. It's long, and it's basically when you get the entire backstory of who Frollo and Quasimodo are, and sets up the, you know, uh, the the question of the movie, which is, you know, what makes a monster and what makes a man? And some of the lyrical choices in this sequence, first of all, again, it's really dark for a Disney movie. You see Quasimodo's mom die. Frollo almost throws him down a well until the, the Archdeacon comes out and stops him from doing it. Um, so there's all sorts of really cool visual things that are happening in it, which we'll, we're going to focus on the music here, so I'll let that go. But, like, some of the lyrical choices are so clever in this movie in general and in this song in particular. There's a line where you... Uh, You know, uh, he says a trap had been laid for the gypsies and they gazed up in fear and alarm at a figure whose clutches are iron as much as the bells of Notre Dame like that kind of medieval the way that keeps repeating. But lyrics like that are just like, man, they must have Stephen Schwartz must have spent hours trying to work that rhyme out because it's so clever and just kind of perfectly encapsulates who this (laughs) awful bastard is. So, yeah, that's my pick. Bells of Notre Dame. And none of you have anything to say about it because I'm the sole person here repping that movie. Sure, sure. Right, I promise you. It, it's amazing. Go watch it again. I promise. It's great. All right, Aim, you're number three. We're up to number three now.
4: All right. So this songwriter uh, was previously on my list. Um, this, All the songs that I picked, I think, are so linked to like the scenes of the movie that they're from. Like, I don't know that a lot of these songs would be on my list if not for like... The connection to like the plot and the story um, but my song is uh, was robbed of an Oscar a couple of years ago I will never forgive that the Oscar committee whoever picks those movies and those choices um, but it's Dos Oruguitas from Encanto Dos para paran el viento mientras se abrazan
2: con sentimiento siguen creciendo saben cuándo, buscar algún rincón, el tiempo sigue cambiando, inseparables son, y el tiempo sigue cambiando, Ay orujitas, no se aguanten más, hay que crecer aparte y volver, hacia adelante seguirás, vienen milagros, vienen grisales,
0: I'm going to cry again. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes, let let it it flow. Is this
4: the first time that anyone's cried on your podcast? Yes, continue. Great. (laughs) Great. money making here for you um but no it's just such a like such a beautiful sentiment and just the the storyline of how he you know he gets ripped away from his family and as the music is playing and and soaring it's just it's you know it's just such a sad like heartbreaking moment in the movie and and anytime i hear the song i'm heartbroken all over again It's, it's just beautiful
3: I could not endorse this anymore except to deviate from that for my number three, which I'll, I'll give you in a second. This is an absolutely beautiful song. I, this is where I was torn in picking an Encanto song. Um, this was my, it wasn't an honorable mention, but this was where I got stuck. It is so beautiful. I used to sing this or play this, I should say, for the boys, uh, for nighttime, um, Mm -hmm. And the lyrics, when you get them translated into English, are beautiful. Dos Orguitas means two caterpillars. So they're like learning to grow up and how they are and kind of being strong apart and and learning. And it's it's absolutely beautiful. And it's so fucking heartbreaking at the same time. It's just, it's emblematic of this movie that's about trauma and overcoming that. Again, because I've been going through this list all week and I talked to um, our mutual girlfriend, Janice. Uh, who had not seen it and I was like this is a movie where the villain if you will is, is trauma and this is how they're trying to face some of that and go through it and it is absolutely beautiful and coming to terms with some of this I 100% agree that LMM was 100% robbed of mm-hmm. an Oscar uh, and, and thus an EGOT he is so talented and it, it's just so beautiful you're actually making me almost tear up too.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, it's a beautiful song, and it conveys, I think, a beautiful sentiment. It obviously ties into the butterfly imagery that's throughout the movie, and that goes back to um, uh, Marquez, the author, uh, who uh, a Colombian author who incorporated a lot of magical realism into his books, and had a lot of this butterfly motifs in his writing, which is why they borrow that for this Colombian magical realism movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I was thinking about it just as you said that I finally had the realization like, oh, the two butterflies or the two caterpillars are not the grandmother and the grandfather. The two caterpillars are the grandmother and Mirabelle. That at least that's how I interpreted it.
4: I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I'm just thinking about how like caterpillars, you know, go through this like metamorphosis change, this, this metamorphosis and how, you know, all the children get their magic and they turn into something else and.
0: And she and they, the two she, of them doesn't. don't. Yeah. Neither of them have any magical abilities in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um But I wouldn't say the villain is trauma. The villain is the grandmother. She's she's kind of she's a bitch. Um, she treats her pretty badly. But I think she's been traumatized. Yeah. No, she has been. That. You know, it's, it's well trauma hurt people hurt people. So uh, all right, Tanya, you're number three.
3: So, to piggyback off of Amy, my number three <laughs> song also comes from 2021's "Encanto," also written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, is surface pressure. If I fall to
2: pressure like a grip, grip, grip and it won't let go. Whoa. Pressure like a tick, tick, tick till it's ready to blow. Whoa.
1: Give it to your sister, your sister's stronger. See if she can hang on a little longer. Who am I if I can't carry it all? If I falter under the surface. I had my nerves and it worsens. I worry
2: something is gonna hurt us. Under the surface, the ship doesn't swerve as it
1: hurt. I'll make the iceberg is under the surface. I think about my purpose. Can I somehow preserve this? Line up the dominoes, the life wind blows. You try to stop it, stop a live it on and on it goes. But wait. I, oh,
4: I forgot about this one.
3: So God. I've read a handful. Randomly, they've been popping up as a couple of different kind of critical articles lately about um I think being an, an eldest daughter. And just the amount of pressure you have or, and you know, we're all of a certain age where we are becoming more of the central decision makers, responsible parties in your family, and maybe starting to take over, ugh, I am going to cry, taking over a little bit of the responsibility that your parents once had. And as your parents age um, or pass on and, my mom's fine, but it has nothing, but it's, but you know, I, I'm becoming more and more responsible at my office. I'm becoming more and more responsible at my home in a way that has, there's a lot of pressure there. And this is a, this is a song that I think speaks to that in such an intimate way, uh, where you have to keep it together. And it's, you're always trying to make sure nobody sees that. And how do you keep it together for everybody else? And the line is the end of the line uh, of the song. Uh, Seriously, Amy, I think you started me crying.
4: (laughs) You're up next, Doug. Be prepared. All right.
3: You know, pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go. Whoa. Pressure like a tick, tick, tick till it's ready to blow. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Give it to your sister and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. Who am I if I don't have what it takes? No cracks, no breaks, no mistakes, no pressure. And it's just like, fuck. Like, it's just... Um, it's just a lot, you know, next week I'm having a surgery and I'm not going to be able for a couple of weeks to, to really be that, that center piece for my family and my kids. And it'll be nice to not have some of that responsibility, but I am very concerned about how to make sure everything gets done in a time, you know, it's just a pressure thing. and So it's just been very acutely on my mind and this song just... I think moms, I think eldest daughters, I think it's something that you can feel a lot. And um, it it, it speaks to me very deeply.
0: I mean, Louisa, that's the character who sings it. Her her subplot is quietly, I think, one of the best parts of that movie. And this song really showcases Lin-Manuel Miranda's ability to write these hyper-clever kinetic lyrics that just rhyme in really interesting ways like the, to me this is more the showstopper even though we don't talk about bruno kind of got all that kind of had this runaway success the stuff going on in surface pressure is much more like complicated and like clock the clockwork machine that is this song is just really impressive and so is i can't remember the uh the actress's name but the way she kind of gets through this giant mouthful of lyrics and conveys all that is uh, just stellar.
3: There's this line in it, and it cracks me up every time. The fact that LMM invokes a Greek myth. He's like, "Was Hercules ever like, yo, I don't want to fight Cerberus?" And it's so appropriate. I think it's just hilarious <laughs> and so well written and so smart. That line. Every time I get to that line, it cracks me up so much.
0: He uh, he was on one of these uh, talk shows. I forget which one. When the you know making the rounds when the movie came out. And he was talking about that exact thing in the song. And he was saying, like, he, he was getting to a point where he was feeling insane. Just kind of, like, you know, work in the rhyming dictionary. Surface. Nervous. Cerberus. And you can kind of see him just, like, finding, you know, what words do I have to work with? And then I got to work backwards to make a lyric that makes sense that ends in Cerberus. Yeah. So, yeah. But no. it's a, he's a
4: genius, though, with that. Yeah. I, feel, I find that his, like, lyrical... Magic. And what's the first song in the movie? Like, that's one of the oh, places, too. that uh, The Family Magic Yeah, that one is, like, the lyrics are just, like, I know we're not talking about that song, but, like, I think it also highlights just how, like, fantastic of a, of a songwriter that he is. This yeah. was a great choice. Um, my favorite part of this song, and I just pulled it up so I could say it, is, but wait, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectations with that freesome room up for joy. And I just think that's, like, such a good song just such a good lyric and I also just love the melody there it's just such a pretty is it a bridge that's the bridge it's it's a beautiful bridge yeah agree
0: all right so my number three is uh, a much more conventional one but I I I wanted to pick something from this movie and I tried to think of like what's the song that I really like the most in in this and I I would want to like sing if I got a chance to do it at karaoke Uh, and so I picked Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid okay Yes, you want her Look at her, you know you
1: do Possible she wants you to There is one way to ask, ask her It don't take a the word, not a, a single, single word Go on and kiss the girl Sing with me now Sha-la-la-la-la-la-bye, la bye oh my. Look like the boy too shy Ain't gonna kiss, kiss the girl again.
0: I was torn between this one and, uh, and Under the Sea, which is, you know, again, the kind of the runaway hit. But this one, I think, is a little quieter, a little more subtle, but it still has the calypso stuff that I remember at the time I was kind of getting into like Harry Belafonte a lot in the late 80s. Partially, but mainly because I guess because of Beetlejuice. And then I had a friend who, because of Beetlejuice, got really into Harry Belafonte. And I remember like going for rides. we, You know, his dad would take the two of us somewhere to go play or have an activity. And that's what we'd be playing was, you know, Harry Belafonte stuff. So I was getting kind of a good like influx of this genre of, of Calypso stuff. And then when it shows up in The Little Mermaid, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. And I, I just love everything about... The, the melody of this song is beautiful. The way Sebastian kind of like pulls along all the other animals to like, Hey, psh, pitch in. We got to, we got to help here. Um, it's just a beautiful little piece of music. It's, it, I just love it.
4: I agree. It's a beautiful song. Fantastic. Good choice.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's our analysis. on this the girl. Uh, all right, Amy, we're getting to the end here. Number two.
4: Okay. So this was like one, I knew this song had to be on my list. I have, No connection to the movie whatsoever. The first few times that I've heard this song, we're working, I used to work for Tanya's office, and we would sing this song. Um, It just started coming on Pandora all the time, and I just absolutely fell in love with it, and it's I Want to Be Like You from
1: The Jungle Book. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cop, and stroll right into town, and be just like the other men, I'm tired of walking around, oh, ooby-doo, I want to be like you, I want to walk like you, talk like you, you'll see it's true, and they like me,
4: So her number two, um, maybe not. I I just think it's such a fun song. I couldn't tell you where it falls in the analysis of the movie because I've only seen it a couple of times. But I just I think it's such a well sung song. I love the vocals and it's just fun. And again, it's that vibe. I'm dancing in my seat a little bit.
0: Tanya's okay. nodding. Is this your number two, Tanya? No. Okay. Is it, is your number one. Because <laughs> um, it's my number two.
4: Okay. Weirdly enough. So it's the best song ever.
0: Written. It's, okay. I mean, this is a great one. Um, and it, it would be hard to write this list without having at least one song by the Sherman Brothers okay. on it. The Sherman Brothers were responsible for a lot of the Disney movies in that period. I think they, their first one might have been – was well, well
3: – I don't know where they Mar- fell in Mary Poppins, but I know they wrote Mary Poppins songs
0: too. They did all the – yeah, they did all the songs from Mary Poppins, which we did not pull from because it's not on this animated list of movies. Obviously, a lot of great songs in there. Um, but they also, I think their first project for Disney was Sword in the Stone, oh. which has a lot of fun songs in it. Nothing I thought was worthy of putting on this list, but there's a lot of fun in there. Um, but a yeah, fun movie. yeah all, all, all that kind of like mid, I guess it would be the sixties would have been a lot of, uh, uh, the Sherman brothers. So yeah, they, this song, you got Louis Prima who's already, you know, this fantastic jazz vocalist uh, and performer as King Louis singing the song. It's a villain song, you know. Again, a slightly unconventional villain song, but still, he's he's a villain. And uh, God, it just, it just again, yeah. The, the structure of that melody is so good, and when it kind of bursts open into the chorus, it, you know, you get that minor to major key shift, and it's like, yep, we're we're off and running. It's great. So, all right, Tanya, your number two.
3: My number two is because I had to decline another song that we addressed already because this is my number two, comes from a movie we've already visited, uh, apparently a couple times, 1989's Little Mermaid. This is Part of Your World.
2: Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a... What's that word again? Street. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the...
3: wish i could be part of that world i think this is a, a gimme between the three of us i think it, it 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 was be it would it would obviously be on my list this is i think a classic song that pretty much every little girl sang i was what i was eight when this came out it is just intrinsic i think in my heart you know when amy and i still go in a pool we're gonna still do the like coming out of the pool launch the way that Ariel does on the rock. It's just gorgeous. It's so fun. It's that, the, I am the, I want song from this movie. It, it, Mm -hmm. it, you, this is what defines Ariel's motivation throughout the movie. And I rewrote the words of the song for your wedding as my maid of honor speech. So it's just classic. It's it's a lot of fun. Doug, you should link you should link that uh, horrific YouTube I video.
0: The idea of cooking in the back of my head. Yeah, <laughs> our audience might get to hear a little of that. Yeah,
3: it's always I always crack up when I show somebody new. I showed a client that video today because I was going through my list with her today in court. It's a lot of fun, and it's just it's just one of those things. It's, it just pops up all over the place. I think it's it's just a blast.
0: I mean, what more can you say about this song? I mean, it's, it's again, another impeccable one from Mecca and this is probably the best of the I want songs, which, you know, if, I, if you don't, I mean, that's literally the the scene at, at kind of at the first third of the musical pretty early on where the character literally gets up and sings about what their heart's desire is. I mean, you get the, the reprise of Belle, uh, you know, which is I want adventure in the great wide somewhere, which she doesn't exactly get, but she sort of does. Um, there's, uh, go the distance from Hercules. There's uh, the one from Notre. Dame. Uh, what's the one from Hunchback? Oh, out there! Like every single one of these yeah. musicals, like like we got to have one of those. The song where the guy the guy or girl stands up and says like This is my dream," and none of them were ever better than this one.
3: They do a great sort of analysis of an "I Want" song in um in Ralph breaks the Internet. When Vanellope <laughs> yes. goes through that and it, when she's talking to all the princesses or oh, when she's talking to the light scene. cart, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But this is, yeah, this is, this is the, fu- this is really so much fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I already said my number two was, uh, I want to be like you from the Jungle Book. So before we move on to our number ones, uh, do we have any honorable mentions we want to talk about? Amy? Any, any um,
4: yeah. So. I have Can You Feel the Love Tonight. We don't have to like dive in deep to any of these. By the way, that was songs. the Oscar winner. Okay. Oh, thank you for confirming. I have the entire Aladdin soundtrack. <laughs> and then I have Just Around the Riverbend, which I
0: think we talked about a little uh, earlier. All good choices. Uh, Tanya, any for you? Uh,
3: okay. My honorable mentions Poor Unfortunate Souls, which we've already been over. I just had a, I couldn't, part of your world had to rank higher. Oh um friend like me aladdin i did want something and i think that's just a really fun one again it goes to the visual um Mm -hmm. and and robin williams is just pitch perfect you know the will smith the 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 live action live action one it's 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 hot garbage and he tries really hard i would not say he is he's not a good genie because he's trying to emulate robin williams but there are a few Which is times... Impossible. Yeah. But there are a few times in the song, in the Will Smith version, where he is comfortable in himself to be himself and not be copying Robin Williams. And that is where he catches... Where it's a little fun. Uh, this is not... I, I did not pick Friend Like Me, the Will Smith version. Uh, clearly, I picked the OG. But I will say, when he was free to be himself and have a slightly different interpretation, that was the only part I found to be okay. Uh, and then I have... A three for one honorable mention because I feel that they are there are three songs that are basically the same one song. When you wish upon a star, Pinocchio, nineteen forty, an unusual prince slash Once Upon a Dream, Sleeping Beauty, nineteen fifty nine, which Doug had, and A Dream Is a Wish Your Heart Makes, Cinderella. They're all the same song. They talk about wishing <laughs> and dreaming so, and hoping. So they they basically are all the same song, but they're all classics in in the same vein, and they all are are beautiful and, and hopeful and lovely. But they're basically the
0: same time. I had a bu- I had a bunch of uh, honorable mentions here, so I'll just try to go through them quickly. Um, so the first one I had was actually "Wreck It Ralph," uh, which is at the, in the credits. Uh, it's a really fun little song. What I love about it is they got the guys who recorded Pac Man Fever back in the '80s to come in and do make up a new like video game based song for the movie. So I just thought that was really a neat bit of like you know trivia uh, having a. That touchstone back to 80s arcade stuff. Whistle Stop from Robin Hood, which is, again, that whistling at the beginning, which became the hamster dance. They just sped it. It's just sped up. Um, Friend Like Me is, again, just uh, one of my favorites from one of my favorite movies. I Won't Say I'm in Love from Hercules. I think it's just a really fun, like, 60s girl group song. Yeah. Uh, Try Everything from Zootopia, I think, is actually really good. Shakira? That's a Shakira song. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Friends on the other side from uh, Princess and the Frog, I think, is really a cool like villain song, but I okay. uh, didn't make the list. Um, the Winnie the Pooh theme, I think, is just really sweet and cute. Uh-huh. I love that. I had Carella Devil on there, and then two that nobody knows, which I thought would be just cool, just because nobody knows them. A song called "Goodbye So Soon," which is from The Great Bounce Detective. Uh-huh. Um, the song itself is so so. The scene, the way it's used, is really funny. So in the movie, uh, Basil and Dawson have been tied up by the bad guys and left, you know, in you know, the tra- classic villain death trap, right? We're going to leave, turn on this machine, and you'll die. And, of course, they'll actually escape. But what he does to kind of add insult to injury, he's he puts on a record and says, when this record runs out, that's when you die. But the record is the villain, who's uh, Vincent Price, singing the song about, oh, goodbye so soon. We hate to see you go. You know, you know, It's this, like, very jazzy, sweet, funny thing to play while these people are about to die. So it's a great comedy bit, even though you wouldn't just listen to the song straight through. Uh, and then finally, one called "The Future Has Arrived," which is from a very not well-known Disney movie, uh, "Meet the Robinsons," which uh, yeah. it's it's the version in the end of the end credits, which is performed by All American Rejects, and it's just the most just like triumphant, like the future is coming and it's going to be awesome, like feel good. So that that's I'll leave that one on there. But okay. all right, now it's time for number one. This, Amy, your number one Disney song.
4: All right. Well, you'll notice I did not say a lot when Tanya was sharing about her number two song because it is the same as my number one song, which is part of your world. Um, I, I mean, there's nothing left to be said about it that wasn't already said by both of you. But, yeah. Just the, like that is the ultimate, to me, the ultimate Disney song.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember Jody when. Jodie
4: Benson, <laughs> <yep>. lover.
0: <laughs> Barbie herself. from uh, She's she's Barbie in oh, all she's the Pixar in Toy Story. Right, yeah. right. I
3: didn't I know that. that. That's
0: song. fun. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I remember going to the movies in 89 and seeing the movie and, and even then thinking, like, I know this song is kind of for girls, but it's a really good song. <laughs> i like just being kind of blown away by that. Going like, I, yeah, Again, perfect.
4: I remember, like, singing the song in the car with my parents and then them being, like, why do you keep forgetting the word? Because I'd be, like, what's that word again? And they're, like, <laughs> they were, like... <laughs> Why do you? You know what that word? Like they didn't understand that it was part of the song. Yeah,
0: I was like. To be fair, Ariel should know what legs are. She's (laughs) Sebastian has legs. She knows.
3: But even listening today, it was just. I just it it was. It's so fun to sing. I have zero good voice, but you're just. You can the intonations you can add here and there. It's it's got conversational elements like the what's that word again? There it's all over the place. Was so much fun. It's just, I, I, it was just me in the car for two hours singing Disney songs from Santa Monica to Huntington Beach. And I was just, this was maybe my favorite, just having so much fun singing this one in particular. Cause like, you know, all of the words and then you can just play with how you want to sing it.
4: I remember singing the song. We went up to see your friends up in LA and it was some karaoke bar. I don't know if you remember going up there. I mean, it was like beyond L.A., like way the heck in the valley somewhere. Yeah. And I sang, so I sang this song at a dive bar. I mean, who does that? And I was expecting like everybody to be like on their feet singing along to like the Little Mermaid. I I think like I barely got a clap. But it it was, I mean, it's a really, really fun song to sing. Perfect song. Live.
0: Uh, Yeah. yeah, I mean, in a career of, you know, just very high highs from Alan Menka, this might, it's, it's hard to top this one. For sure. All right, and then Tanya, I think we we hit on your number one already, but go ahead.
3: Uh, my number one is from 1967, Jungle Books. I want to be like you. Thank so you. right, we're we're flip flopped. Um, it it this is the epitome of vibe. This is it's just it's the it's got the horns. It is so fun, and it is cool. It is that 60s cool. And I have a line or a, a, a short portion of a lyric he's like, give me the secret man cub. Clue me what to do. Give me the power to man's red flower so I can be like you. Just the clue me what to do. There's like, he, this guy is so fucking cool. Like King Louie is just, he is just so down. I love it so much. When I rewatched it again today, like these clips, even in the middle of the song in the movie where Baloo and Bagheera are trying to plot how to save Mowgli and Baloo gets distracted and be like, this song is awesome, man! And, like, he literally... He is distracted by how fucking awesome this song is. Um, and then his whole distraction is coming in and singing and scatting with King Louie. So I think it's so much fun. I love the horns. Um, it just is... To me, it's the best Disney song there is. And when I did, like I said, my crowdsourcing, I had a handful of people who also agreed this was their their top song. It's just... Again, this is another chef's kiss. I think it's so fun. Uh, I will say this is, I don't know if this is if this is a voice thing. This is my third Phil Harris voiced movie on this list. Uh, Phil Harris was Baloo. Uh, Phil Harris was um, Little John in Robin Hood. And he was the main cat in Aristocats. So he sang in two out of the three of my top ten. Uh, which all of a sudden today realizing like, oh, wow, this is the same voice. Um, I think I like that 60s, 70s vibe sound.
0: They've got the, I mean, it's basically Baloo and King Louis are, are both beatniks. Like they're very much drawing on this like 50s beatnik thing, you know, because it's all about like, oh man, jazz, you know, that that attitude that he has towards everything. And you're right, like watching kind of these two, like cool cat daddy kind of characters mm-hmm. like just sort of all of a sudden they get kind of tangled up with each other as they're both vibing to this song like you can't deny like just how how just kind of cool this song feels the second you hear it so yeah great great pick all right uh, my number one is uh not gonna surprise anybody this is to me this is the the quintessential Disney song so much so that it's basically their unofficial theme song, and that is When You Wish Upon a Song. Like a moon out of the blue, fate
2: steps in and sees you
0: hear bits of it obviously at every the beginning of every disney movie you hear just that kind of piece of it but going back to the original movie and watching pinocchio a while ago, i was i was reminded of just like man this thing is a masterpiece uh, the the quality of the animation in pinocchio is some of the best disney's ever done it gets dark and scary it gets light you know and, and whimsical um but and it gets emotional but like just jiminy cricket singing this song uh, cliff edwards's voice kind of keening through that first thing, it's just, it's like, isn't that sort of just what Disney is? You know, that, that is the definition of, you know, like, you know, when, uh, it doesn't, uh, when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are, anything your heart desires will come to you. Like that, that's a thesis statement for what Disney is like at its best. So that's my pick for number one. It's a lot of fun. So we did it guys. We, we ranked our, our top 10 Disney songs and.
3: Are you crying? No.
0: Oh. Um, but, but I thought maybe, just, maybe we'll, it, yeah. Too much
3: emotion today, Doug I want to see a tear.
0: Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, well we'll try and come up with something Wait do we get nostalgic about Schindler's List No, um, well uh, so. I mean there
4: were some Disney, Disney songs That I'm glad did not end up on our list <laughs> Like what? Like
0: <laughs> that would make you cry more.
4: No, that oh. were very inappropriate. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the
0: the 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 stuff from uh, the the natives in in Peter Pan. That's like got to go. <laughs> it's like, you cannot play that song. I remember uh, uh, walking through Disneyland once, and like people were just someone had like their phone. And they were playing Disney music, and that one came up, and it's like, oh god, turn! You got to yeah. turn that off. That is some racist stuff. <laughs> is,
3: I went yeah. for the last time on uh, Splash Mountain because mm-hmm. they're you know decommissioning splash mountain and then i was like all right oh no based racist. on the
0: racist movie that right let out of the vault because it's too racist yeah what a shame <laughs> like the people are mad about that it's like you've never even seen that movie and if you had you'd, you should be horrified by it and even then like that movie was in the vault when they made that ride so i don't know who was thinking of like yeah let's do it about song of the south people love that one <laughs> So yes, good riddance to to that part, and uh, looking forward to seeing the the uh, Princess and the Frog retooled version. I bet it'll be great. Yeah, and not racist. All right. Um. So guys, uh, any any kind of closing thoughts on on the world of Disney music?
4: This is just a, such a fun topic. It's always fun to revisit these songs. I'm sure in ten years we'll have new lists that we can talk about if this podcast
3: survives. <laughs>
4: I'm sure we'll be on it 500 more times by
3: then. You'll be annoyed Um, with our voices if you aren't already. Yeah,
4: no, this was a fun topic. I'm glad I thought of it. Thank you to myself. Thank you to Amy.
3: (laughs) I had a lot of fun. I've been thinking about this since we started talking about this a few weeks ago. So I've been calling my my list and it, it, it took me a while to really, because of I wanted the variety. I've asked around. I asked Jonathan, my husband, and he's like, I don't like any Disney songs, which I find to be totally, I find that to be totally, that was just him being Bahumbug, um, but, which cracked me up, but it was fun to then ask people, you know, just to kind of get a poll. It was a lot of fun to see where people are and where there, where there are differences. I mean, I think I predicted at the beginning of this that, you know, the Venn diagram would not be a circle. There would be probably 50-50 and I think we came out pretty close to that there was some overlap
0: but not a lot not
3: a lot at all especially yeah. not with that hunchback thing
0: i don't know where that gets- dude that movie is or so good oh, that movie is so good it's glorious <laughs> uh, all right so um bringing this to a close uh you know if you, if you agree with our picks if you disagree with our picks if you have thoughts on i'm sure you know, you, you've seen all these movies and and have your favorites. So let us know, tweet that stuff to at pod or uh, send it to us on Instagram or on there. and please do follow us on Instagram to get all the the bonus reels and things that I post on there. Uh, and uh, so we recorded things. we We called a bunch of audibles, so the things I expected to be recorded were not, and, and other things were recorded in their place. So I believe if I've done my math, right, the re- if you have thoughts on our recent episodes, including our Jurassic Park 30th anniversary special uh, on Simon's Quest and uh before that uh, indiana jones and the last crusade um you know anything you want to tell us about those send it our way coming up i'm not sure what's coming up next because <laughs> the schedule has gotten so totally uh out of whack so um but here's some things that are in the mix tawny and I, I know and her brother are going to do one on rocky 4 pretty soon we're going to record one on the far side we've got terminator 2 coming up so really neat things i just don't know the order in which they're coming So um, stay tuned for that, and uh, and thanks again, guys, for coming. It was so great to have you here.
4: Thanks for having us.
0: All right. Uh, So until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgia Arcana.